welcome to The Divine and I, an interview-style podcast hosted by me, Haley Shea. Each episode, I will host a new guest to explore the question, where do you see the divine in your everyday life? The hope for this podcast is to welcome and explore the mystery of the divine, be encouraged to deepen our understanding of the innermost self, and seek delight in the life gifted to us by the divine. Let's meet our guest today. Welcome everyone to episode four of The Divine and I. Today I have Piper Harrop joining me. Hello. Hello, Piper. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. So Piper is a senior at George Fox University. Wow. Yeah. Is that crazy (laughs) that you're a senior? Because you just finished your junior year, so you have one more year. Is it one more year in May you graduate? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you're So a year from now, I'll be done. Done with undergrad. That is such a good feeling. (laughs) Wow. Blessings to you on the last oh, year. Thank you. You have a lot going on this oh next my gosh, year. Yeah, so much. One thing is a whole engagement, too. Yeah, so. true. <laughs> yep, it's been a lot. It's uh, fun, though. It's all good things. Yeah. It's all very exciting things, but yeah. It is. And she's majoring in psychology mm-hmm. and minoring in theology. She's also on the George Fox volleyball team, and she is our worship arts director at Cedar Creek Church. And so that's kind of how I know Piper through yeah. church as well. <laughs> is there anything else? Basic you covered information. It. That's All right, perfect. Basic. Yes. <laughs> <I tell> people. <laughs> All right. If you are ready, you can go ahead and share with us three fun facts um, that yeah. you want to share with us today. Okay. One was the first date story. So this is funny. Excellent. We were talking about it before. I was like, this one's a good one. So my fiance, CJ, and I, we dated for a little bit in middle school, which is really funny. Just like short middle school relationship, like nervous to even hold hands. Like didn't yeah. even ever go on a date, only saw each other at church. Um, but one of, we went to small group together um, growing up. That was, like, one of the places we would always hang out, hang out. And so we would walk to Snyder as a group. And Jeremy went to the small group, too. And, like, me and my siblings, like, all my siblings went, too. So it was, like, a big group of us. And we would walk to the park. And we would go play games and stuff. And so I don't know if this really, like, it was a date in my eyes when I was that age. But now it, like, totally isn't a date. But because we wouldn't go anywhere on dates we would just hang out especially in middle school group dates were a lot more comfortable (laughs) so I went on a lot of those as well yeah Yeah. so it was more just us like hanging out but Mm -hmm. yeah I guess it was a date so we went to Snyder and if anyone's been to Snyder if you're on this podcast you should go to Snyder and see they have a big soccer ball outside and it's concrete and CJ's from Tigard, so I don't know what he was thinking it was a little dark out it wasn't like it was like dusk so it was a little hard to see he goes up to the soccer ball and kicks it as hard as he can. He thought it was like an inflatable soccer ball or something, and oh, he no. kicked it so hard. And I think he like sprained his foot or something. It was I've not laughed so hard. That was so funny. How, wait, how old was he? Uh, probably but middle school. Middle school. Okay. He's a year older, so he might have been a freshman in high school. Yeah. Because that's around when we dated. I think honestly, I don't really remember, but <laughs> so he kicked it as hard as he could. That was really funny, and then technically that was the, I think this was the same day, he'll obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that might have been the same day that I had my first kiss, too, which is technically (laughs) with him, too. It kind of counts, it kind of doesn't. I didn't know that he was going to kiss me, and I don't think he knew either. It was like the thing where, like, kiss on the cheek, and then you turn, and so it was like a half Mm -hmm. kiss. I don't know, that's... We just laugh about that all the time. So funny, weird, awkward middle school, first date, first kiss, first 
something yeah maybe first foot injury I don't yeah, know yeah <laughs> I have no idea but I always think that's really funny it's funny to look back on like our relationship in middle school and be like that's so weird and now we're engaged yeah that's so fun yeah. it's fun that you guys have those like memories because I know yeah. you guys weren't together you know all the way up until you know there was like time yeah apart. until college but, we yeah. didn't date during high school yeah but it's so neat that you guys have those like early memories and awkward, weird, awkward memories. pictures. Yes, <laughs> we have some really <laughs> funny pictures. Especially since it was both of you were at church, and yeah. then so everyone at church like knows Just you knows. too when y'all were really, really little. So yep. yeah, yeah, it's definitely really sweet. It's cool. It's definitely weird. It's unique. It's cool though. Yeah. Um, what's another fun fact? I love making bread. A lot of the questions bread. were about food. I love mm-hmm. food. I'm definitely a foodie. Um, I love making bread a lot. I haven't made it as much recently. I need to now that I'm home um, more often, but my favorite bread to make is focaccia. I love making focaccia bread. Focaccia? It's super easy, actually. I might not be fancy enough. I've never heard of this no, it's bread. It's so easy. Okay. Literally, it's just like flour, yeast, and water, and you let it sit okay. like overnight, and it is like the most amazing thing. You drench it in olive oil. It's definitely not good for you. Not at all. But well, you, uh, no, it doesn't it's bread. need to be. It's bread. <laughs> yes. You drench it in olive oil and I love dipping it in like, I'll like bake some feta in the oven or, oh, so good. I also love feta. I could talk about feta for a while. <laughs> but yeah, you either dip it in like baked feta or you can make like an olive oil dip, which is like olive oil, mm-hmm. which is like a bunch of herbs. I'll make it sometimes. Like garlic. In, Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, garlic. That's more my level. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'll have to make it sometime and bring it. You would really, I mean, if you like, if you don't even like bread, you like this. Yeah. Like, this is the bread that everyone can get behind. Right. For our summer potlucks at church, yeah. you need to bring it for one Sunday. I that definitely will. I'd have to make probably yeah. a few, though, Or the all-church camp. I don't know if that's harder to do since yeah, we're going to be camping, it. but... Um, yeah, but I yeah, like it can have... be that hard. Yeah, yeah. But me and my roommate will sit and eat a whole pan, mm, like that just delicious. us two, and it's we feel so gross after, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so fun making things homemade mm. that you don't realize how simple yeah, it is so to easy. make. Yeah, and flour. You know, these aren't like expensive ingredients either. Yep. So, um, so that's really fun to, yeah. to make that. I feel like bread. I saw a lot of people really get into making it, especially Over during COVID. the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I never, I haven't gone to a bread phase yet but I do love yeah. being in the kitchen so maybe one day I'll enter into my bread era <laughs> especially when you get a bread maker it's so easy you just like throw the ingredients yeah. in I got that last summer I started okay. making That's bread nice. maker bread because before I was doing sourdough the whole sourdough craze um but then it just got too much with like traveling because you have to feed it like every day it's like a mm. baby or something Mine was named Santana, R.I.P. Um, but she... That reminds me of Glee. Exactly. That's what it was <laughs> okay, named after. Okay. <laughs> we named my sourdough Santana. She lived in our apartment. I made quite a few loaves. It was good. I never perfected it. Sourdough's hard, but it was really fun. I'd love to eventually, if I have time to do it again. It's just hard when you're traveling because you have to feed it yeah. at least like every other day. And it's like I'm not home every other day, especially in the summer when I'm back and forth a lot, but... Definitely right. suggest getting on the bread craze. is okay. a good place to start. I'll send you the recipe I use. Okay. It's super easy. I'll make cool. some too for a potluck or okay. something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, item of clothing you wore over That's and over correct. as a kid. This one's funny. So I grew up in Colorado, and Colorado is like, or at least I grew up in Platteville, Colorado, and the places mm-hmm. that we were, at least as I remember as a kid, the temperatures were really drastic on like either edge. So during the winter, we'd get like sometimes like 10 feet of snow, like super, super cold, like um, 
yeah, just really freezing. Um, and then during the summer, it'd be really, really hot, like over 100 degrees, like super, super hot. At least this is what I remember as a kid. Yeah. That <laughs> I, sounds like Colorado. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. And I wouldn't always wear flip-flops every day. Like it became wow. a problem where my teachers would call my mom and say, does Piper have other shoes? Like it's Was like, this when it was like snowing outside that's what they and you're say. wearing flip-flops? Gotcha. They'd be okay. like, there's five feet of snow outside. She can't be wearing flip-flops. And I would refuse to wear any other shoes. It was either that or no shoes. We grew up on like quite a bit of land. Like we had horses growing up and stuff. So I would just like go barefoot a lot. But the best next step was flip-flops. At least I was wearing something then. And my mom was like, nope, let her. Don't fight her. Like, at least she's wearing some sort of shoes. So flip-flops was a thing yeah. I was known for as a kid. I feel like the people who wear flip-flops, that's like their own personality trait. Yeah. Actually, my friend Gabe, who I recorded with, like, our previous episode. Yeah. Um, He's that way. He wears flip-flops. As an adult? As an adult. That's a different kind of breed. Jeans and flip-flops. This <laughs> so is what he's wearing even in the winter, which, of course, like, Portland winters aren't as bad as yeah. I imagine it is in Colorado, but it's still, like, rainy. Yeah. He's from New Mexico, so he's from a very um, dry area, mm-hmm. and flip-flops were, you know, probably more weather yeah. <laughs> acceptable yeah. down there, but yeah, he's someone else who I know he always wears flip-flops. <laughs> I never really bring it up to him, so if he's listening to this, he's <laughs> probably surprised I'm always Shout out. <laughs> shouting out his flip-flop, but yeah, that is, I feel like that is a very specific character oh, yeah. trait, people who wear, especially flip-flops and jeans. It's like mm-hmm. a whole nother, whole nother thing. Yeah, so. I don't even own flip-flops anymore. I have I don't Tevas and Birkenstocks, very Oregon things, yeah. but I don't have flip-flops anymore. I remember as a kid, I always, I think I would have preferred Tevas if I had known they existed or even like Birkenstocks because I remember always like using band-aids to like fix, you know, the flip-flop like pops through. Oh, yeah. 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 So I would always use band-aids or I sometimes I use paper clips or like something to try to keep it from breaking and to like get new ones mm-hmm. but yeah there's just like too much of a hassle now I prefer my Tevas I'll stick to my Tevas yeah I any open toe has to have like a back strap oh yeah for me so 100% even Birkenstocks I don't do Birkenstocks anymore just because I there's no back I mine don't have a back strap yeah I actually yeah I do have like one off brand hmm they're not actually Birkenstocks, but they're kind of that style sandal yeah. but I don't really wear them out they're kind of my I keep them in the house so that I can slip them on and go throw out the trash or go yeah. check the mail really quickly or yeah. something. I don't mm-hmm. have to, like, hassle putting on a shoe. But yeah. anyway, they get smelly. That's why I don't like them. The Birkenstocks? Yeah. I don't think I've worn mine enough. Or mine aren't smelly. real Birkenstocks. They're oh, just, they're, like off-brand. They're, they're just, like, an off-brand. Yeah. They're, I don't think they're even technically off-brand, but it's just that, like, style fake leather kind of I have friends who wear Birkenstocks like a lot of my roommates will wear them every day like with every outfit and they don't have the back strap and I'm like I just feel like my toes are like flexing to keep the shoe on my foot right yeah that's how I feel wearing it too I think a lot of people in my college did had the same they wore Birkenstocks it's definitely an Oregon thing yeah yeah um interesting yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) that's really fun so now I have our delicious drink menu Okay, I'm going to read off three different drinks. I actually wrote them down this time the past couple recordings. I kept forgetting to do that, and then I kept forgetting what the drinks were called. (laughs) So first, we have a sparkling rosemary lemonade, and this is fresh squeeze of lemonade that I have. Wow. And then we have a peach green tea. It is a little bit on the sweeter side. That's okay. And then 
a lavender cold brew with vanilla soft top. This all sounds so good. <laughs> you just understood. You're like, this is what we're doing. I know Piper likes, she's appreciative of fun drinks, but oh, this yes. was an exciting menu to create. I'm sick. So, all the fun drinks. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right. Do you have a preference of which drink you would like? The sparkling rosemary lemonade, peach oh, green no. tea, or lavender cold brew? You can decide. I'll let decide. you decide. Yes. I, I, I'm going to choose for you sparkling lemonade okay. or the sparkling rosemary. It's very refreshing, and okay. I'm kind of on a rosemary simple syrup like thing right now. It is very refreshing. And then I have two other options for you. Or if you wanted caffeine, too, my cold brews book, or the cold brews only one with caffeine. Okay. I don't know if you wanted caffeine yeah. right now. I'm always down for some caffeine. You want caffeine? Yeah, okay, let's do so that. let's do the lavender cold brew soft top, and I might have the lemonade, and we can. Cool. I'll give you a sample. Oh, yes. So, you can have a sample anyway. too. <laughs> <laughs> always into sharing. I've heard siblings. I yes. don't mind. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go make these drinks, and then we'll come back in just a minute. Yay. Weddings are changing, and couples are focused on spending time outside while they celebrate their love. When you start planning your special day, make sure it's photographed well and with someone who loves the outdoors. Jade is passionate about serving adventurous and laid-back couples through photography. Her work is colorful, full of fun and emotion. Though I am not married and have not booked a wedding with Jade, I have had the privilege of road tripping with her to Yosemite National Park. To this day, those are some of my favorite photos that remind me of such wonderful memories. She's able to capture so much beauty in a single photo. Jade Braid Photography has a special deal for the Divine and I listeners. If you book her for a couple session or wedding through jaderay.com, that is J-A-D-E-R-A-E.com, which you can find in our show notes, using code DIVINE20, that is capital D, DIVINE, number 20, you will get 20% off your session. Do not miss out on this deal and book Jade now for your upcoming wedding or elopement. Okay, we are back. We have our lovely drinks. So cheers. <laughs> All right. And so as we begin, Piper, where do you see the divine in your everyday life? Hmm. I think two words that come to mind and that like normally come to mind are peace and joy. And I think there's different ways for those to be seen and felt. I think those are just like two very strong themes that I've been pulled to, um, especially this past year. Um College is a journey. A lot of growth happens, I'm sure. Anyone listening who has gone through it can attest to that. Um, I think a lot of my beginning of college journey was love and figuring out what love is, what love from the Lord looks like, and how different it is from um, the secular love and the love that the world preaches, Um, whether it's loving myself, whether it's accepting love, or whether it's um, learning how to love. That was, like, a huge theme, and I think... um, Lately, it's been peace and joy and, like, the balance of the two. Um, Another thing about college is it's crazy busy. I'm notoriously a yes person. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Like, I totally don't already have five other things I need to be doing right now, which I'm sure you get. I understand. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I think finding peace in the storm, um, just, like, in the little moments, and a lot of times I feel like that's just accompanied with pure joy, something I really hold dear to my heart is um time with friends and time in community whether it's friends or family um 
uh, I actually had a moment of this last night, which was so fun. So me and my family and um, my sister's boyfriend, CJ, unfortunately had an allergy attack, so he couldn't make it, but we went to see, I know, allergies. We went to see The Little Mermaid, which was super fun. Oh, yeah. that's fun. It was really good. good. <laughs> Definitely okay. enjoyed it. I know there's yeah. like mixed reviews, but I really enjoyed it. Um, again, I'm not a movie critic, though. But anyway, we went to see that, and we were driving home, and... Um, I have, like, so many things on my to-do list, like, stacked up, like, taking, a, like, an evening to go watch a movie was, like, something I was really excited about, but also, like, a little bit stressed about, just because I have a lot of wedding planning to do, and then um, I'm running volleyball camps, yeah, there's, I could go on and on about things I have to do, um, but it was super nice to just take that time and be together, and then on the drive home, we were all just, like, you know, like, that classic where your windows are rolled down, you're singing at the top of your lungs, like, yeah. you're all, like, non-stop laughing and it's just like pure joy like you're not worried about um that to-do list you're not worried about like how you look you're not worried about saying the wrong thing because you're so comfortable with the group of people um I think that pure joy is something that I definitely see God in and just especially like when I can seek that pure joy in community and even seeking that pure joy in him and just being so comfortable um, that you're not worried about what you're saying or worried about what you look like. You're just like happy and like almost like don't have a care in the world. You're just so happy to be here. And like, there's like this, like just inner peace in your soul where you're like, this is it. Like, this is where I need to be right now. I'm not worried about the past, not worried about the future. Like, this is just the moment that I need to be in. And so I think that's been a huge theme is like finding peace through all the busy, busy schedules and everything. And within that peace, searching for joy. So I think for me, peace, I'm kind of rambling, looks very different than I think a lot of people see peace. Like it's not the, definitely it's very peaceful, the quiet, sitting in nature, love that too. That's great. But for me, peace is like being completely content in the moment that you're in and um, completely joyful with like, whether you're with people or not. Like sometimes I'm not with people. I'm driving my car by myself. Both my examples include cars, but they don't always have cars. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if that hopefully yeah. makes sense. No, I think that's a good definition. And I think probably why you brought up the imagery of sitting in nature is a lot of times when we're in those like hmm. hideaway moments, that's what we're feeling. We're at complete peace. We're completely content with yeah. ourselves and with our world. But when you can have that on your commute to work or mm-hmm. yeah. walking to class yeah. or, you know, just with, with your roommates or whoever you live with, with your family, yep. then I think that is like a very neat experience yeah. and, yeah. um, yeah, a great way to come to know and understand yeah. peace and joy. That's something that, um, that's something that CJ and I are working through right now, too, getting vulnerable. But um, wedding planning is obviously, like, has a reputation for being super stressful and for, like, you know, the whole bridezilla theme, like, crazy. People go crazy. And something that we really wanted to focus on is, like, not letting something that is such a blessing and such a gift become something that is a burden. And that's part of the reason we decided we wanted a long engagement, like a year and a half, so on the longer side. But even like now as we're like in crunch time trying to plan a bunch of stuff, like there's moments where we have to like turn to each other and be like, like we're ch- our invitations came and they were the wrong color. Mm-hmm. Like we have to turn yeah. to each other and be like, hey, like this sucks. This is not great. But also like I'm so glad we're in this stage and like I'm so thankful and like 
have like turned back to that joy of like, oh my gosh, we're engaged. Like, oh my gosh, we're planning a wedding. And like that piece of like, it's all going to work out according to the Lord's plan. And there's like nothing we can, there's nothing we can do to get in the way of that anyway. So it's like, that's something that's been giving me a lot of peace as we're looking for caterers and photographers. It sounds like a small thing, but it can be very stressful and turn people against each other. And that's not something that we want. We always want to just keep at the forefront the thankfulness that we have for where we are and just the peace and like, hey, like this isn't something I have to be worried about because the Lord's got it. And especially when we spent a long time like praying for if the Lord wanted us to get married, like we're both just so sure that like this is what the Lord has in store for us. So he's going to make it happen and he's going to make it happen in a better way than we could ever imagine. So that's something that is at the very forefront of my life right now. So yeah. 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 I think that's very important. Whenever you're like in the middle of either stress or just focused on day-to-day yeah. tasks, um, whether that's with school or volleyball church, mm-hmm. you're involved in so many things plus planning a wedding yeah. and you're kind of just in that groove of getting things done. What is something that grounds you in understanding yeah. the, um, the Lord? peace and joy that he has for you is there anything that you turn to or Mm -hmm. a moment or just something that kind of grounds you in that space Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably always different definitely people are huge um people who can just say like hey take a deep breath I mean CJ's a huge person for that for me um my family we all get along really well um my roommates just people can be like hey like it's gonna be okay like it's gonna work out um I think It's easy. I see like some, this is, yeah, I see some pastors sometimes who, or people within the church who are like, maybe you need to take a Sabbath or maybe you need to take a whole day and just do nothing. And it's like when you're in college or when I look at some parents or I look at people who they can't take a day off, like they can't take a break. That's not realistic. And that's also not helpful for you to suggest that. How do you find peace within the craziness and allow yourself to have a break while you're not taking a break? And I think that's something that I've been trying to figure out and have been getting a lot better at when I like, I'm struggling balancing volleyball and school and work. And it's like, I can't take a whole day to just sit and Sabbath and just sit with myself. And like, as much as I would love that, like, that's just not the stage of life I'm in. And I don't think that that is horrible of me to say that because I look at some parents who are like, just had a kid. I feel like that's just the easiest example. Like you can't take a day off from raising your child. You're a newborn baby that is crying for you. Like that's, you can't take a day off from that. But I think it's like changing your mindset of looking at these things of like things that I love. And instead of looking at them as work, looking at them as things that I can Sabbath, Sabbath through. Like volleyball is a huge place of rest for me. It's also a huge place of work for me. I work very hard for volleyball, but also when I can find a day where I change my mindset and I say, Hey, today I'm just going to enjoy it today. I'm just going to do it because I love it and not as much focus on the hardworking part. Both are good. I mean, do your work for the Lord. We're told to work hard and I think that's good and that's righteous, but we also are told to rest. And I think sometimes people say one activity can only be one or the other. And I think they can be both depending on how you look at them. And volleyball is an easy example for me because depending on my mindset, sometimes I'm very intense and like I come home exhausted because today was a work day. And other day, like yesterday I played with my friends and like pure fun. 
Like, I was not stressed. I didn't come home mentally exhausted. But then this morning, me and my sister were taking reps in the gym, like, analyzing every little thing. It's same activity in two different ways. And mm. I think that's just a way that's been very freeing for me to look at Sabbath. Like, even when I'm doing my homework, like, hey, today's a day I'm going to dig in. I'm going to do the work I don't necessarily love. And I'm going to work hard so then I can succeed in the plans that the Lord has for me. Um Versus t- today is a day where I'm going to do the homework that I enjoy. Like, I'm going to read this theology book because I really love it. And I'm going to do it prayerfully and, like, enjoy the process. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that's been very freeing for me as I just struggled with. I can't really take a day off. And I'm not, I'm trying not to say that and be, like, selfish of, like, my time's more valuable than my time with God. But it's, like, how can I do both at the same time? Because then isn't every day a day off at some point? Like, can't you include Sabbath in your everyday life rather than it not just being a single day of the week. Right. Yeah. And I think the, like, part of Sabbath that is important for us to mm-hmm. hold on to is that it is, you're only fueling for our soul. And oh, yeah. so where are we going to fuel our soul yep. whenever we are running dry? I, I'm always going to Phil Woodman's, um, the Secret Place. Sorry, I forgot the song. I know you've sung it in worship before, so I always get excited song. every time you do. <laughs> but the opening line of that song, uh, where will you go when your wells when your well runs dry? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, that doesn't always need to be on a specific day yeah. or a specific extent of time. Mm-hmm. If you can hold that space, I think I'm in a time in my life where I'm able to hold a good 24-hour space for that. But I remember being in college and trying and trying and trying, and mm-hmm. there was no being being able to take a full day off. Like, yeah. There are moments in my life where I think I am going to be able to take that time off, and there's going to yeah. be moments in my life where I'm just not going to. Exactly. But are there moments in my life day to day where I'm able to fuel my soul and yeah. connect with God? And that can be done in the mm-hmm. gym uh, at volleyball um, or whatever it is that we're doing during the day. So I think that's ultimately the purpose of Sabbath is yeah. still being fulfilled. It seems within, within your life or you're learning that process as, yeah. as it comes. Still learning. <laughs> not, not great at it. There's yeah. definitely days where I'm like, Oh, should have taken some time off today. Like should have found a place to relax. So I'm still definitely working on it but I think that's just been freeing because I've always felt like I was failing not taking a day off and I know a lot of college kids who feel that way like a lot of times when you ask especially people on our volleyball team we talk about this or we talked about this when I was abroad like what is one of the we were just joking around what's one of the 10 commandments you struggle with the most and almost all of us were like sabbath like I never take a full day off and I think that also just like furthered me thinking about it and being like okay well like is that really what the Lord like desires for me to take a full day off? Like, cause that's so hard to do when I'm so busy in this season. And then like, what about the other days? I'm just like stressed out of my mind and like empty the other days. Cause I don't know about everyone listening, but I need rest every day, not yeah. just one day a week. Like, so I think, yeah, it's all about your heart and also what you need. Like some people need more rest than others. And some people need that includes more time and some people it doesn't. I think everyone's different. I think God is not a one size fits all. Like, no, <laughs> no. The, this is a theme being brought up on this podcast. So oh, really? That we're continuing it. No, yeah. the whole point. Yeah, God is not in a box. And I yeah, not it. a one size fits all. I'm here for it. it. Yeah. <laughs>
So you mentioned abroad. Yes. And another reason why I'm excited to have Piper here today. She yeah. just got back from a month-long trip yeah. abroad, mm-hmm. and she was able to travel to Israel and Greece with a juniors abroad program at her university. So if you want to share with us a little yeah. bit about these trips that you get, or this trip you got to take to multiple places. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool um, opportunity. So I don't know if people know a little bit about Juniors Abroad, so I'll just kind of explain it before I talk about the trip. But basically, George Fox has a program where instead of a whole semester abroad, you can go just for May, which is really nice for me being an athlete. I can't take a whole semester off because we have spring season, um, or I would prefer not to take a whole semester off. Um, So this is great. You go for a whole month. You study it the whole semester, the places you're going. So we went to Israel and Greece. And you guys got to choose these places yep. as a mm-hmm. class collectively okay yeah you, really well cool. you do tent city so you tent out on the quad the night before people select and then you get in line so your tent is in line oh. and so then you get your spot in line and you wait in line at like 8 a.m um and it's on like a thursday so you still have to go to class afterward that was not fun i was like we should do this on a weekend i'm yeah. tired i need my sleep That's weird. <laughs> yeah so anyway you tent out and then you get in line and then it's first come first served for what spot you are in line and it's randomly picked but if you don't stay in your tent like if you don't have someone in your tent for the entire night you get dropped to the end of the line so you have to stay in your tent anyway so we get in line and it's first comes first serve and I've always wanted to go to Greece Israel was just kind of there super cool glad it was there but my top choice was Greece and me and my friend got in and then three of my other friends ended up switching to this trip because either COVID requirements or like different political problems with the places they were gonna go so they switched to our trip so ended up being five of my friends that got on the Israel Greece trip so that was super cool. That was fun getting to go with friends. Oh yeah it was great (laughs) but anyway the trip was super great I was gone for four weeks we went to Israel first um, which was probably the most impactful part of the trip. Greece was definitely Super amazing, but that part of the trip was more... I'll probably talk about that less because that was more fun and more, like, vacation than travel. Have you heard people on... That's, like, a thing now. People on Instagram will make fun of people who are vacationers versus people who are travelers. Yes, I have. Yeah. So, So, mm -hmm. Greece was definitely the vacation Vacation portion. portion. Like, a lot of sitting around at restaurants for hours, playing cards. And then Israel was definitely more the travel. We were, like, going at 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. like every single day sometimes longer so uh I yeah there's so much I could talk about about Israel um especially being a Christian um we focused on two themes on our trips we went with a group called Telos um super cool company super cool organization basically focused on education educating the public on the um Israeli-Palestinian conflict um I knew nothing about that had no idea. I knew a little bit about that something was going on, that there was struggles, that people wanted the land. I didn't really know that much. And I feel like my eyes have just been opened to all the like trouble that is going on. There's definitely so much I still don't know. But um, yeah, we got, we had the opportunity to kind of see both sides of the story, to see um, the Israeli side and to see the Palestinian side. So we actually stayed in Palestine for seven nights, which was super cool. Most people, when they go We also had another another part of our trip kind of jumping around here um, that was like the Christian pilgrimage side. And so that was cool, but most people, when they go on the Christian pilgrimage trip, 
don't stay in Palestine, don't ever acknowledge Palestine. Um, they don't even go to Bethlehem because Bethlehem is within Palestine and that's, it's walled off. So it's, um, uh, from the outside point of view, looks dangerous to go in there. We stayed in there for seven nights, um, had a great stay. Um, but yeah, while we were in there, we visited some refugees, um, and just like walked around the town. We walked the wall. The wall is huge, just ginormous and Palestinian people aren't allowed to leave basically. Um, it was, yeah, it was just heartbreaking to see, um, all the struggles there is for this piece of land that I was like, ultimately just really does not matter. Um, especially when we went into like the temples and places, um, places of worship, um, that were highly fought over. Like you could just feel, it just like felt heavy when you walked into those places. So we went to the place where it said that Jesus was crucified and then rose from the dead, where it said that that all happened. And even just walking in there, like there's people selling stuff. Um, it's just very heavy when you walk in and feels touristy. You have to wait in line for four hours to go touch the hill where it's said that Jesus resurrected from. Um, just all these different things. I was like, this just isn't the point. Like, I feel no need to be here. Like, I'm glad I saw it, but I'm not glad I saw it because it's the place where Jesus rose from the dead. Like, I'm glad I saw it because I feel like it showed how much people still, I guess, like, turn to things that Jesus said not to. And obviously a lot of the religions that are popular there, Christianity isn't actually a huge pop, um, religious belief there. It's mainly um, Muslims and um, Jewish people, which I didn't know very much about either. Um, I feel like being in Oregon and like Western America, Christianity is the popular religion. And I just don't know very many others that are like that. So it was really interesting to learn more about um, Islam and um, people who are Muslim. Um, that was really interesting. I still, there's so much I don't know. And then to learn about people who are Jewish was really cool. We got to have a Shabbat dinner, which was really fun. Oh, that was okay. one of my favorite nights. That was definitely really interesting to see like their traditions and like the way that they do family was actually really cool too. I think that was something I took away from the trip. I loved how um, a lot of the people within both sides, like both sides of the situation, family's just so huge to them. And that was really cool to see, like as Shabbat dinner, um, the husband sings a song of like Thanksgiving to the wife and the kids like tell their wives or tell, not their wives, the kids tell their mom like things they're thankful for from that week. And they do that every week. I was like, that's so cool. Or when we went to, um, we went and had lunch with, um, Palestinian refugees and just like the way they served us and like the way that they were all like there together um and just like seemed like one big family which is it was really unique because I think something that is really sad about like western America is that we're so separated like even within our houses we're so hesitant to like let people in and I think that's something that can be really special about church is that it's one big family and it feels kind of like that when when done correctly, sometimes it feels isolating, but, um, yeah, I kind of spitballed all over the place. There's a, just so much yeah. <laughs> and oh. I still haven't processed a lot of it too. I got home and like went right back to work and stuff. So there's still so much to right. process, but 
it was definitely really cool. Definitely not at all what I expected. Yeah. Was there like a favorite moment or place mm-hmm. that you traveled to during the trip? I think there's like favorites for different reasons. I think maybe my favorite holy site that I saw was the either the Mount of Beatitudes or the Mount of Olives were both really cool. Um, the Mount of Beatitudes was unique in that a lot of these like holy sites that we went to were pretty um, like put together. I don't know if I feel like that's not the way, right way to say it. They were just almost like idolized. Like there was gold everywhere. There was, um, a lot of them were like, um, some of them were like Catholic or Greek or Orthodox where there's just like huge decorations everywhere, just like very different. Or there's a lot of times when there's a holy site, they're like, oh sweet, let's build a church and then let's make this church beautiful. Um, what I really appreciate about, um, the Mount of Olives was that it was pretty, they both just felt like more of the untouched places. They definitely still were, but less than. So Mount of Olives, it was really cool to look down and see basically the city and see a lot. It was a beautiful view. And it was really interesting, right leading up to the Mount of Olives is um, a cemetery, a huge cemetery, which was really, I, I didn't know that. Um, going into it because they believe if they're buried there, they'll be the first people to be resurrected in the second coming. That's interesting. Yeah, or the first coming if you're Jewish. I think I'm remembering that correct because, yeah. Um, So there's a huge cemetery like right on the Mountain of Olives and it's like, I'll show you, I can show you a picture after. It's, it was like mind-blowing and it's, it was so hot and it's just cement everywhere. That was really interesting to see and then um the Mount of Beatitudes was really cool. We um took communion on the Mount of Beatitudes, which was just really special and it just like was kind of far away from the city. Um so there was a church on it and they were having like a church service and then there was like I think another little church at the top. But besides that, like surrounding it was like pretty empty. You could look down at um the Sea of Galilee, which was super beautiful. Um so I, I just like that place too. Almost the places that like were more untouched were my favorite or the places where we were like with people like I loved our Shabbat dinner was super cool like the room just felt again like I talked about earlier it just felt joyful in there and like everyone felt like happy to be there and just like even the family was like the kids weren't looking they weren't annoyed that they had to have dinner with their family on a Friday night like they seemed to really want to be there and to be excited like they enjoyed Shabbat dinners so that was really cool or when we were with, um, we got to talk with some refugees from Palestine. Um, so, or another great thing is we got to talk. We went to Bethlehem Bible College and talked with students our age. Oh, okay. So that was cool. really cool um, to talk with. Um, Are Palis- they native there or do they travel to come to the school? Um, it depends. So they're all Palestinian people. Okay. So depending on, there's like different cards you have, ID cards. So if you're... If you're in Gaza, you can't leave Gaza. So Gaza, we didn't get to go to Gaza because there was actually, like, missiles being shot. Right, I remember hearing about that while you were Yeah, so we didn't get to go to Gaza, but Gaza is probably, like, some of the worst of it. Um, No one's allowed out if you're Palestinian. Um, You're not allowed out. You can go. I think people can go in. Um, Other places are different. There's, like, there's three regions. There's an A area, a B area, and a C area. 
um, I don't want to say wrong, which is which. I think one of them is, like, completely controlled by Israel. One is, like, completely controlled by Palestine. And one is, like, controlled by Israel, but Palestine's allowed to, like, rule it. I don't know. It's all it's all really confusing. And politics. Yeah, they would explain it to us, and they'd be like, if you get it, you don't. Like, if you think you understand, you don't understand. Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole point, is no one understands what's happening, and no one understands what the rules are. But anyway, they have basically have different IDs allowing them to go different places. So some students can get like a specific student permit where they can travel to Bethlehem Bible College. Bethlehem Bible College is within Palestine, so it makes it easier for them to get there because they're going to Palestine versus to leave Palestine or leave um, like Bethlehem. Some people will spend their whole lives and never leave. The beach is like... 45 minutes away, like, half those children have never seen the beach. We've never seen the water. Um, so that was crazy. Some of them were from, like, Jerusalem and would travel from... Yeah, I it just... It's all... It's so confusing, and it's all different depending on the person. Um, and depending on, like, if you're a student, if you're older, like, what kind of work you're doing. Because if you are needed by the Israeli government um, because of what you specialize in, you're more likely to get a work permit. But... If you're not, then you probably won't. So, yeah. A lot of them, some of them did travel in and some of them were from there. But that was really cool to talk to them and just get to ask our questions. And then just see what life is like to be a college kid there because we're college kids. Um, But, yeah, those were probably my favorite moments. There's definitely a lot, though. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's really special. um, Like, as you guys traveled, did y'all get Mm -hmm. to engage in any, like, worship or spiritual practice or, like, prayer, like, at these sites? Yeah, we got um, to partake in communion on the Mount of Beatitudes. That was probably my favorite. Um, a lot of times, so we were being taken by Telos, the group I talked about, and our tour guide leader, um, Itamar was his name, and he was a secular Jew. So he's like Jewish by nationality, but he's secular. So it was really interesting to have him lead us around the holy sites because he knows probably way more than any of us on the trip knew, except for maybe our trip leader, Bob. I don't, it seemed like he knew way more, though. Um, so he knows so much about these places, but he doesn't believe in them. Um, was really interesting, and I didn't know who our trip leader was going to be going into it, so I don't know. I just expected someone who is someone of faith to be leading us. But I almost appreciated it better because um, he gave us just, like, a different view of it. And then sometimes our professor would explain, like, the sites we were at. Um, but a lot of times we went to a, a holy site we could walk around. Sometimes there's, a lot of times there's, like, candles you can light and, like, say a prayer. Um, I think that was um, Catholicism where you could, like, light a candle and offer it to, like, someone that you want to. So a lot of times there was time for prayer. There was time to just, like, walk around and pray silently. Sometimes our professor would, like, say a couple words or say a lot of words. He was a talker, so mm-hmm. a lot of times he would talk for a while and say stuff. Sometimes he would read some Bible passages and that I appreciated. Um, there wasn't really any times of like musical worship that was Christianity based. Um, there's the call to prayer that um, is in the Islamic religion and we heard that five times a day every day so loud all around us. That was, yeah, I have some videos of that too. And that was, I've never experienced that before because there's no call to prayer any, pretty much anywhere in the U.S. uh, that I know of. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know when they pray, there's 
not enough of them within yeah. a large, the, the, yeah, I guess to make that. It was, that yeah, it was so loud, um, five times a day. So that was, I actually really enjoyed it. That was really, it's just unique. And I really enjoyed it. It was just like an instant reminder of like, Hey, like you should be thinking about this. Obviously like it's for, it's for a different religion, but I, I, there's things about there, the different religions that we saw that I really appreciated and we're like, Oh that makes sense. Like, why are we not doing something like that? Mm. Like, even, like, the daily required dinners, like, to practice Sabbath, too, with your family. I was like, that's so cool. Like, no wonder you guys have, like, such great community. Like, there's little things, but, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of prayer, not much worship, um, a few Bible readings from our professor, and then you could read on your own time, and then a lot of it was just, like, conversation on the bus rides with, the students that I was going with like we talked about so much like whenever we would come back from somewhere we would like debrief on the bus like me and a couple of my friends in the back so that was really f- cool too to hear their thoughts and like get to know people that I didn't know before the trip and get their points of view rather than just like my friends who I already kind of knew right but yeah oh that's really cool yeah so now being back from the trip mm-hmm. um is there anything that you feel like you have like an enriched like understanding on did yeah. the trip have an impact on your understanding or relationship with God hmm. or just like a wider appreciation for any yeah. aspect of Christianity? I think being completely honest, there's still a lot that I need to digest yeah. and a lot that like, it's like you're being fed through a fire hose and I haven't had time to like sit with a lot of it yet. So, um, I'm looking forward to that and hopefully digesting more of what happened. I think I kind of talked about it earlier, but like the biggest thing I came back and was like, that is something like I want to seek is the way that a lot of people there have relationships and like do like have like a family unit. I really appreciated that. And I think that's something that I really look for. Um, Just like the willingness to like host anyone, anywhere, anytime. Um, I love hosting and I love having people over, but, like, I think the way that they do it is different because they let people in to their homes when it's not perfect. I think a lot of times when I hear people say, I love hosting or know people who do like hosting, they like hosting when their house is perfect or, like, hosting a perfect party. Something I really appreciated about a lot of the people here, they would just host people, period. Like, there's always people over. Their house wouldn't be perfect. It wouldn't be a perfect meal. They wouldn't clean up right away. Like, they would just be with people. Um, The way they did community was just really unique, and I really feel like I learned a lot about that. Um, And I just feel like that's something I've always felt really called to, um, is just to be in community with people and to create spaces of community. So I think that's something I'd love to pursue more especially like as I get married and like have a home like how to make that home somewhere that um people feel welcome in all the time and also know that it's not a perfect place I never want to that's something that I've I try really hard to do is I never want to come off as a perfect person um because I think that's something a lot of people want to come off as nowadays um especially when it comes to like social media and stuff like that so I think, like, finding a way to welcome people in, but also show them that, oh, it's not perfect. Like, m- like my home is, like, it's not a completely perfectly hosted gathering. 
but you're welcome and that's okay so then people feel comfortable coming not perfect right like yeah. there's a human that lives here yeah mm-hmm. like <laughs> so people we have dirty live here too <laughs> yes. i didn't do the dishes no. <laughs> yeah i think that's something definitely that really stuck with me um but yeah yeah really special seems like kind of like this welcoming spirit mm-hmm. that i think seems like touched you um, yeah. a lot like during your trip that you would like to bring over here and i think that's something especially christianity within america yeah. lacks and mm-hmm. i think has been in discussion of like how do we reach in our welcoming spirit for yeah. other people and i think we're getting better at having that conversation and yeah having that but i don't think it's necessarily something people who are you know our age or you know mm-hmm. younger generation older generations were necessarily like raised in yeah having you know just having that welcoming spirit and sense of hospitality yeah if you did, then it was just, that's your gift. That's your, yeah. that, that's for you. That's not for me. That's just for you. Yeah. But I think we, we're all called to host yes. like this welcoming spirit for, mm-hmm. for all people, whether that's being taken in place in our like own homes yeah. or being taken place in how we talk with people, conversations. And yeah, um, I think that can yeah look like many different things, but that seems really special that that's something that it seems like has touched you and that you've, um, kind of have brought back with you from yeah. from your time there. Mm-hmm. And then in the beginning, you mentioned a lot about joy and mm-hmm. peace and kind of that's where you're, where you see God in your life. Yeah. I'm assuming there were many moments of oh, joy yeah. and <laughs> peace yep. throughout this, throughout this trip. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, as we close out this section, is there anything else that you wanted to, to share about? Hmm. I don't think so. I think, I don't know. I just, I really hope that, especially like as I continue to grow and continue to grow up, because I'm still pretty young, that I can like learn further how to not come off as perfect, especially without people, like to just come off welcoming and come off like, hey, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Let's not be perfect together. And let's strive to have a relationship with the Lord together. I think that's just something I feel really strongly about as I know people have told me that I can come off that way. Um, not perfect, but just like very put together and like very organized because I do like being organized. And yeah, I think that's just something that I would love to see almost like changed in our culture. Um, a lot of people, I think a lot of times people feel the need to present a perfect picture of themselves, whether it's on social media or for job applications. Um, and it creates boundaries in vulnerability, I think is something that I've seen a lot. So yeah, I feel like if there's like a point that drives home, just like being okay, being the first person to make that step to be like, Hey, I'm not perfect. Like I messed up. Like this is what I've done wrong, or this is what I'm doing wrong right now. Um, and that's okay. And like, it's like kind of going back to what I said about Sabbath, like there's just no perfect way to do it. There's no perfect way to do life. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but hopefully that hits home with someone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we'll be right back for our closing. So now we're here at our conclusion and Piper brought something from (laughs) her, from Israel, I guess. So do you want to share about what, what this object is? Yeah. I just brought a little thing of 
salt from the Dead Sea. So we went swimming in the Dead Sea. I think it was our last day. It was one of our last days. Was that an odd experience? So weird. So yeah. weird. Like almost not at all what I expected. I didn't really think about much. I just thought it was going to be really salty, like the ocean. So salty. You can't get it in your eyes or your mouth. Yeah. So you can't like put your head under. You don't want to get your hair wet because it will drip into your face. Um, so, and you just float. Like it, you can't yeah. even, you have to force your feet to the ground in order to be able to stand. Um, so yeah, it was really weird feeling. You know, I feel like I might have mentioned this. This was like, I think during our Ash Wednesday service. Yeah. I went to like a center that does like float. Yes, you said that. And it's a tub full of Epsom salt. So it's Mm -hmm. that same weird thing to where you just float on top. And it's probably the same, like feels the same. Right. Yes. It, yeah, it's mimicked off of that. My sister works at a, um, center, like a spa that, that does that. So she is like a float guide. Oh, yeah. a float guide. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool title. <laughs> yes. I don't know exactly what that entails, but. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like that would be such a cool experience going into the Dead Sea cool. and floating. Um, yeah, Piper gave me a little bundle of salt. It yeah. looks almost like a crystal. That's what I thought it was when you showed it to me, yeah. and it's just like a bundle of salt. Ooh, I just dropped it. That's okay. Um, and... She told me to lick it. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes just like salt. It does. It's amazing. But uh, what I like about this is I'm a very much like a fidgeter, um, have ADHD, and so mm-hmm. it's great just to, like, have something to hold while I'm yeah. doing things, you know? Um, and anyways, this is really cool, and I think it's a really good fidget for people who like sensory things, because yeah. it is, like... There's a lot of grooves. There's, yeah, a lot of texture... But there's also not a lot of sensory things that involve taste. That's true. You could just, like, fidget and then lick it. And... Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. This, I mean, for, like, a kid who's doing, like, sensory play, like, practices and oh, stuff. Like, yeah. I, they might have to be, you know, a little older than not, like, a baby or anything. You know? Like, yeah. I don't I don't, I, I don't know anything about child development. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it'd be cool because I know a yeah. lot of, like, sensory play things don't often have taste. That's but true. this does. This has a taste to yeah. it. <laughs> so it's really cool. Anyway, and who doesn't love salt? So Oh yeah. Anyways, well I will take a picture of this and we'll post it on stories. Awesome. Um, so be sure to follow us on Instagram. Yes. Uh, follow. The, yes. The Divine and I pod. You can see that in your show notes. And one last thing, this is just an announcement for the podcast. I'm going out of town on vacation. So Ooh. I'm so excited, but I won't be releasing the episode for the next two Sundays. So for those who are watching, enjoy this episode and (laughs) I'll see you in two weeks. But till then, take care. Thank you, Piper, for coming on the podcast. I had fun. fun. A good first podcast experience. Yes. Yes. Yay. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Divine and I. For more content and to stay updated, be sure to follow The Divine and I on Instagram and check out the website, thedivineandi.com. You can find these links listed in the show notes. If you would like to leave a donation to help fund this podcast, you may visit thedivineandi.com slash donation. See you next week.